In those days, senior citizens could generally afford to buy whatever drugs they needed out of pocket. Approximately half to two-thirds of seniors have supplementary insurance that partly covers prescription drugs, but that percentage is dropping as employers and insurers decide it is a losing proposition for them. At the end of 2003, Congress passed a Medicare reform bill that included a prescription drug benefit scheduled to begin in 2006, but as we will see later, its benefits are inadequate to begin with and will quickly be overtaken by rising prices and administrative costs. For obvious reasons, senior citizens tend to need more prescription drugs than younger people, mainly for chronic conditions like arthritis, diabetes, high blood pressure and elevated cholesterol. In 2001, nearly one in four seniors reported skipping doses or leaving prescriptions unfilled because of the cost. That fraction is almost certainly higher now. Sadly, the frailest are the least likely to have supplementary insurance. At an average cost of $1,500 a year for each drug, someone without supplementary insurance who takes six different prescription drugs, and this is not rare, would have to spend $9,000 out of pocket. Not many frail seniors have such deep pockets. Furthermore, in one of the more perverse of the pharmaceutical industry's practices, prices are much higher for precisely the people who most need the drugs and can least afford them. The industry charges Medicare recipients without supplementary insurance much more than it does favored customers, such as large HMOs or the Veterans Affairs VA system. Because the latter buy in bulk, they can bargain for steep discounts or rebates. People without insurance have no bargaining power, and so they pay the highest prices. In the past two years, we have started to see for the first time the beginnings of public resistance to rapacious pricing and other dubious practices of the pharmaceutical industry. It is mainly because of this resistance that drug companies are now blanketing us with public relations messages. And the magic words, repeated over and over like an incantation, are research, innovation, and American. Research, innovation, American. It makes a great story. Rhetoric versus reality. But while the rhetoric is stirring, it has very little to do with reality. First, research and development... R&D, is a relatively small part of the budgets of the big drug companies, dwarfed by their vast expenditures for marketing and administration, and smaller even than profits. In fact, year after year for over two decades, this industry has been far and away the most profitable in the United States. In 2003, for the first time, the industry lost its first-place position, coming in third, behind mining crude oil production and commercial banks. The prices drug companies charge have little relationship to the costs of making the drugs and could be cut dramatically without coming anywhere close to threatening R&D. Second, the pharmaceutical industry is not especially innovative. As hard as it is to believe, only a handful of truly important drugs have been brought to market in recent years, and they were mostly based on taxpayer-funded research at academic institutions, small biotechnology companies, or the National Institutes of Health, NIH. The great majority of new drugs are not new at all, but merely variations of older drugs already on the market. These are called Me Too drugs. The idea is to grab a share of an established, lucrative market by producing something very similar to a top-selling drug. 
For instance, we now have six statins, Mevacor, Lipitor, Zocor, Provacol, Lescol, and the newest Crestor, on the market to lower cholesterol, all variants of the first. As Dr. Sharon Levine, Associate Executive Director of the Kaiser Permanente Medical Group, put it, If I'm a manufacturer and I can change one molecule and get another 20 years of patent rights and convince physicians to prescribe and consumers to demand the next form of Prilosec or weekly Prozac instead of daily Prozac, just as my patent expires, then why would I be spending money on a lot less certain endeavor which is looking for brand new drugs? Third, the industry is hardly a model of American free enterprise. To be sure, it is free to decide which drugs to develop, me-too drugs instead of innovative ones, for instance, and it is free to price them as high as the traffic will bear.